I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. On today's episode, my good friend, comedian, and co-host of The Ladies' Guide to Dude Cinema, Alex J, is back to share with me the latest classic movies that have taken her by surprise. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I'm about to make you an offer you can't refuse here at Big Squid. Thank you for joining me today for another movie club catch-up with Alex. That's kind of what it is, isn't it? It's like a movie club uh, catch-up where I don't know what the movie is. I have no idea. Uh, When I catch up with Alex, I deliberately don't talk about movies. So when we do these podcasts, I'm genuinely surprised with whatever classic films she's watched that have ended up being her favourites. So this is recorded in real time and... Look, you'll be able to tell uh, as we go along when she mentions certain films. Uh, you know, I have to do a little bit of research because I haven't seen them in a while. I think there might have even been one off the top of my head that I hadn't seen at all. But uh, Alex is a good pal and I really enjoy these podcasts. So uh, I think you're in for a real treat with this one. Uh Before we bring in Alex, uh, as you might be aware, when we have these big episodes on Big Squid, we give a shout out to one of our Patreon supporters. And today's episode is dedicated to Matt Draddy. I don't know much about Matt, but I feel if uh, Matt ever gets into comedy or Matt, if you decide to write a book, please name it Who's Your Draddy? There are thousands of comedians and authors out there wishing they had your last name and, you know... You never want to bypass an opportunity to have a pun title. And so, Draddy is pitch perfect. So, thank you for being an OG supporter on this podcast. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation with Alex. Uh, Actually, uh, Matt, I reckon this is the type of podcast where it will either remind you to watch a classic film that you have loved in the past, or it might inspire you to check out one you haven't seen before. That's what I always find. 
when I catch up with Alex. I hadn't watched uh, the uh, Paul Newman movie, Call Hand Luke, in decades. And after talking to Alex, I was like, oh, I'm going to go and watch that again. So uh, that's part of what I love about doing these podcasts. And this one is uh, an exceptional uh an exceptionally good fun one as well. So thank you very much, Matt. Uh, Look, for the rest of you, if you'd like a shout out on this podcast and access to extra podcasts and scripts or or as Ben Elwood doesn't want me to call them, uh, content, uh, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and you'll find a tier that suits you. Okay, let's bring in my good pal Alex and... uh, I hope you enjoy how we immediately go off on a tangent. (laughs) It's like, as I said, none of this is planned. All I know is that she's got a list of movies she wants to talk about and then something gets brought up and then that's kind of the first 20 minutes of this podcast. So it's a really fun record. It's a free podcast. So you know what? You're welcome. You are incredibly welcome for this great chat with Alex J. I forgot to ask you, are you back performing yet or are mm-hmm. you yeah uh, yep. uh how's it been because i found uh i took a i took a substantial amount of time off because i was lucky i had jobs through uh our mm-hmm. lockdown last year mm-hmm. and then it kind of felt churlish to then go and take gigs when i knew there were comedians who needed to be paid because That's they hadn't been nice. able to work well, nice. but you know you just mm. don't want to be an asshole right mm-hmm. so then i did my first run of gigs and I guess my circle of people has been pretty small mm-hmm. and there's an edginess out there and that, that's only on the sample size of two nights but there is an edge, there's a bite in the air and I was wondering, was that just potentially the amalgamation of people I was with? What do you mean like by bite or edge? Just a, so People aren't giving a shit as much or...? Well, a, a couple of things. One is I was flabbergasted at how few people are talking about what's happening in the world. Like, it still right. feels like comedy is very much... Uh, and then I bought a sandwich, mm. um, which is fine. It's not... No, it, that's not a right or wrong thing. It's just an interesting thing. Mm. Uh, but a situation where, you know, when someone asks your advice, hey, how should I do this? And you say, well, I guess you could approach it this way. And their response is, yeah, no, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and you're like, well, I wasn't going to say anything but you literally you asked asked, right and now i'm giving you advice and now you're getting stroppy that i gave you advice and i'm more than happy to say fuck all to you yeah oh so you mean uh, an edge in the air as opposed to like the material on stage no no the material is i think every yeah people are edgy we're it yeah yeah yeah. and it's interesting about that you say about how people aren't really talking much as much about the current world stuff as we might have thought there's de- I think there's definitely an air of like I think some people will like some comedians will only talk about what's going on right. and then other comedians are yeah actively avoiding it yeah for because there was a lot of chat in like the end of 2020 about do we talk about COVID? Do people want to hear more about it when it's all we hear about all day? It's right. that like, is comedy escapism or should we talk about what's actually going on in the world? What are you doing? I'm doing both. Yeah, I'm kind of doing both. Yeah, I kind of... But I completely understand both elements of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 I do understand it as well. I just, I feel for the most part from what I see that, I don't know, it's just... Uh, 
Uh, look, I'm not seeing much, so I'm going on a very limited uh, uh, sample size mm-hmm. here. But I kind of feel like the thing that comedy has over every other art form is that you can experience something during the day and you can talk about it that, that night. night. Yeah, and it's it's immediate. <clears throat> so to take away the immediacy feels a bit like you're taking away a strength. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, like a painter still has to sit down and spend time painting. A, a movie will take a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a book takes time. You know, I guess podcasts are probably the closest to yeah. stand up in that you can have a thought and discuss Pop it. it. Out there. Yeah, but yeah. it's. Um, I mean, maybe people are still doing like immediacy, but just more about like I tripped over today and I'm going to talk about it tonight. Right. And maybe not as much the world is ending and I'm going to talk about it tonight. Yeah. Um, but I like for me, I, I've kind of decided to, to only do like COVID-y related material if it's if it's a new angle on it and I think a lot of the time every angle on COVID has just been done there's not really much new to farm I guess so maybe that's why people are avoiding it I think you have to look deep inside of you yeah and well we don't like doing that and we don't like doing that anymore that's uh comedy's not about that anymore sounds awful comedy is about getting on tv so you can say a flippant comment that can be used in an advert uh that is what comedy is at this precise moment in time it's beautiful men telling you hey you've got to treat women better and you know what those men are like in real life and you go can't believe this is getting shared so much that's what comedy is now swoon swoon isn't it nice thank goodness we don't really know what he's like <laughs> but uh yeah it's kind of fascinating uh like, i agree with that like if you don't have the angle then you shouldn't yeah I talk guess about it if it's not i guess that applies to all comedy like if it's right something that people have heard done to death then yeah. why bother yeah like i'm not gonna get on stage and say oh you know what i did during lockdown i finished insert Internet, mm. Pornhub, yes. Netflix. Yeah, see, we're done with those jokes now. Yeah. We've moved on. Every, We've moved on from the what, Shakespeare writing King Lear in quarantine. We've yeah. moved on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I uh, like the, the gig that I was doing, I was talking about, um, uh, you know, we were talking just before uh, we started recording about how I had a near COVID experience mm. and, um, and didn't have it. Mm. And it was off the back of the booster. And so my, my take on it was... I guess this means I'm going to live forever. Yeah, that is what scientific – I think the CDC has said that, is that if you don't get COVID a week after you get the booster, infinite life. Yeah, infinite life. I've definitely read that that, somewhere. So that was my – you know, something personal happened to me and then – I mean, you've got to talk about that then. You've got to talk about that. Yeah. You know, so anyway, it's it's interesting. But, yeah, I was very uh, fascinated to be around people who – we're kind of mm. bitey. Oh yeah, so in the their yeah, okay, so the off-stage attitude. Yeah, is you know. Yeah. Get, getting angry cuz their name's not on a board or you know I, that kind of Well, that's of stuff. interesting. Yeah, I I wonder if like because everything has become so so much smaller because of lockdowns and stuff we're yeah. focusing a lot more on the minutiae that we might not have previously. Yeah, whereas on. once upon a time we were just existing and going yeah. and doing our it was thing. Yeah. just one of the, just a gig in a week, but yeah. now like one of many gigs in a week, but yeah. yeah. I think these days it's like I've got one gig and I want my name on that fucking board. Yeah, I want to see my name up in chalk. Or <laughs> and I am going to lose it. 
and they do lose it. They really lose it. At a ridiculous rate. <laughs> yeah. And you're just sitting there going, oh, well, this is a lot. This is a lot. Um, how's your movie going experience? It's uh, it's going well. Yeah, the podcast is going well. Yeah, podcast is going well. Um, you mentioned The Godfather earlier off mic. We've done The Godfather this week. I watched The Godfather for the first time in my entire life, which is very exciting. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Where, where did you see it? Did you see it at the cinema? No, I didn't have time to go to the cinema, yep. even though it is yeah, being f- yep. shown at the moment. I watched it just at home. Okay. But it, my partner's got a really, really fancy TV, so it's okay. the same. Well, it's it's uh, it's. In, I, I really want to talk to you about that uh because uh so i went and saw it again at the cinema mm. and was so engrossed I, i've the last three films i've seen that i've loved have been uh drive my car which was a three hour oh, yeah. japanese movie about grief i heard about that <laughs> wow three and, hours on grief and <laughs> i said in the this was off the back of remember i was telling you the stuff about the the gross guy at work yes yeah anyway that was my way of relaxing <laughs> <laughs> this is my process. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here for three hours. But it was, I, I wonder, it was a, the reason I bring that movie up in particular is it didn't have, it had a really minimalistic soundtrack. Mm. So a lot of the time the audio was the traffic or, ah. or nature. Yeah, right. So it's very quiet. And I wondered uh, if I'd watched it for the first time at home if I would have been easily distracted. Mm. Whereas in, in the cinema, the the lack of sound, like you feel it on your yes. cage, you feel it pressing against your chest and it kind of builds the, yep. the mood. So uh, how did you go with The Godfather? Loved it. Really? Great. Absolutely loved Great. it. And I was ready not to as well. Really? Because it's just... It's uh, been talked up too it's much? It's too much. It's yeah. the one. Apart yeah. from Die Hard, Godfather is the one that is talked up way too much. That is hilarious and to have those two movies in the same... Sentence, yeah, but. I mean, as you yeah, you know, the classics. You've got Die Hard, Godfather. That's yeah. the end. <laughs> that's that top one hundred yeah. list. Just those two movies over and over again. Yeah, everyone knows. But that. it's fascinating. Like it's actually one of the rare movies that you get to the end of it and you think, do people talk about this enough? Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm currently halfway through watching Godfather Two, which I'm also so vibing with, loving yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro as yeah. a young Vito Corleone is my new boyfriend. I can't. <laughs> it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But Godfather was great. Fucking loved it. And I, I usually don't like movies like, say, pre-1980. So I was re- all, all the boxes were ticked yeah. for not my movie. But I fucking loved it. So when you're watching it for the first time, where do you remember the moment where you went, all right, I'm in because I, uh, mm. I, I I'll sometimes find that in a movie where yeah. I where I am enjoying it at the start. Like, all right, you've convinced me, and then so, yeah, or even you suddenly realise uh, that you, you're not thinking about anything else other than yep. the movie. So rather than being convinced, it's like, oh, I can't, I can't think beyond what I'm experiencing. Yeah, I, there wasn't really one moment. I was really in from the beginning, like, because it starts, well, because one of the, and we spoke about this on the pod, one of the, the big lines that I knew from it is like, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. Yeah. And, and that happens in the first scene. Yes. So it actually hooked me pretty pretty much straight away because yeah. I just expected, you expect any big line or whatever that is canonized from a movie to come maybe halfway through right. or, or towards the end as the climax kind of thing. And so I really wasn't expecting to see it so early. So when I heard that line, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. this is the movie that everyone's been talking yeah. This is it. Yeah, yeah, we're in it. And so I was in pretty much straight away. Uh, 
interesting experience as well because you probably would know more of the Marlon Brando impersonations yes. than the Marlon Brando performance. Yeah. And the like, it's such a good performance, that's why you can impersonate it. Mm. But <laughs> when you watch it, you realise the impersonation, while someone can impersonate it in a funny way, the performance is full of nuance. And oh, totally. Like just the way he's patting the cat while he's talking. That was incredible. Like it's mesmerising, yeah. isn't it? And yeah, and did you know apparently that wasn't scripted. That yeah. was just a stray cat on yeah. the lot that they chucked in there for and funsies. Then, and there he is. just. And now it's like so iconic. Iconic. Yeah. Um, so because I've seen the movie quite a few times, mm-hmm. there's, always, there's always something, not that I haven't noticed before, but there's a different thing that I – Okay. Get obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually ended up writing a blog about this uh, just uh, recently. So the scene that I got obsessed with is, mm-hmm. you know, when Michael goes to visit his uh, father in the hospital and he realises yes. that there's nobody around to mm. protect him. Ooh, yeah. And then poor Enzo the baker, who's the just baker. coming in to say hello, <laughs> gets drawn into this situation where he has to pretend to be a heavy and he, he's a baker. It's so sweet. He makes cake. Yeah. He, he's not a fucking heavy. Yeah. Like, he's, he's meant to be making some delicious treats <laughs> and he's just trying to show some respect. Michael. And then Michael's got him out there. And then so the scene that I became obsessed with, you know how he's trying to light the cigarette and he can't do it and mm-hmm. Michael takes the lighter mm-hmm. and he lights the cigarette. And the next shot is in the foreground, you can see Enzo trying to smoke, shaking his hands. And Pacino looks down at his hands and he realises how they're not shaking. <gasps> oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's Ooh. amazing. And it's the moment where he goes, like, he's realising in this precise <gasps> moment, he's fine. Yeah. He's realising his power. This is the moment where he realises how strong he is. Compared so to another normal civilian yeah so he's been to war and stuff like that but Mm. this is a much different scenario and he is fine i wish i'd noticed that because we had a we chatted on on the pod about like how i didn't know this but this movie's like mainly about michael's transformation and journey i thought it was all Vito corleone like i kind of didn't even properly consciously know that pacino was in this movie i thought i thought it was brando it was a brando's movie but it's really Pacino's movie. Yeah. Um, so we were speaking on the part about like, yeah, what moment do you think it was where he really like where he just changed and he became he changed from the nice guy that you see at the beginning to someone who's heavily involved in his mafia family. Um, I thought it would be like around the time when he uh, decided to kill that guy, the, the one that kind of sparked Salazzo. him. To, yep. Yeah, when he was like, no, 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 I'll do it. It'll be me. But does that moment come before that? That, that moment comes before it. So it's, Damn, uh, that, yeah, so that would be the moment then. When he realises there's no one there to protect his father and he wheels him off to safety and he, and he says, I'm, I'm in. Mm. But... The moment that, that he realizes he actually, his power, he physically is, knows he's fine. Yeah, and then, and then it just kind of he gets drawn f- further and further into it. And mm-hmm. the, and the the sons are all, they're all aspects of Vito. Mm-hmm. So Khan yeah. is the like the the, the machismo, yeah. and Fredo is the the gentleness of the Don, uh-huh. and Michael is the ruthlessness. And the and the downfall of all the sons is that they're not completely their father. They're just. Aspects, one aspects of their father, of yeah, yeah. So, and it's funny because in the in Godfather two, uh, he, when he's having a moment with Fredo, because Fredo, uh, when he's talking about how like I wish I was closer with Dad or something, yeah. Um, and Michael says a line. It's um, 
he says it's really hard being a son. Yes. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That says so much to what this entire franchise starts with is like these men, these grown men trying to be good sons to yeah. to this elderly gentleman. Yeah. And even after he's passed, they still they're just trying to be good sons. Yeah. That's that's their lifelong mission. And Vito's such a fascinating character because he is a mafioso mm. Don, but uh, And then he's also Robert De Niro as a young hot man. And, and it's so confusing. It's so confusing, right? Ugh. <laughs> We would have had to divorce him before, uh, you know, age and panic started to yes, yes. wear him down. Yeah. Uh, any other characters stand out to you as ones that you were... Um, they're well, all pretty mesmerising, aren't they? They really were. And I didn't expect that either. I just... I, I really do have just a, a prejudice against uh, movies from the 70s and before where I was just like, it's just going to be basic. It's not going to be like really interesting. It's going to be like pew, pew, pews. And that's kind of it. But yeah, every character is fucking incredible <laughs> and so layered. How many movies have you seen from the 70s? <laughs> Not many, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's uh, That's but that's my that's my non that's my yeah. non-movie yeah. loving uh, I do love movies, but yeah. non-movie nerd brain, I guess, yeah. is we yeah, sweeping statements with nothing behind them. Um, <laughs> no, but it's exciting because there's all these movies that are full of nuance and full well, of... Well, I guess what that's what our podcast it, is for, is yeah. like, join us on our journey as yeah, we discover uh, and, and break down our prejudices yeah. against these films, I guess. And The Godfather is a statement on the, the corruption of America. Like, it is yeah. a big metaphor. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pacino is unbelievable. I, I didn't know he had this in him. Like, right. Because we're coming at it in reverse. Yes. We're coming at Pacino in reverse, right? Like, most people were probably introduced to Pacino via Godfather. Was right. Scarface before or after Godfather? Scarface is well after. Well after. That's cool. the 80s, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yes, of course, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I've only seen Pacino in Heat uh, and Scarface and the impressions on the trip. That's my entire right, like, right, That's right. my entire knowledge of Pacino. The the, the heat uh, thing. I rewatched Heat recently, yeah. and it's fascinating because everyone talks about how he's yelling all the way through the film, and there's literally two scenes that go for sixty seconds when he's when he's busting someone's ass. Yeah, like there's like I like I love Heat, but I that's how I'd remembered right. it as well, and that's yeah. because that's. How well, everyone they talks the, about probably it. They were the moments that were promoted more, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But in this two and a half, three hour movie, there's two 60 second scenes and it's when he's busting that guy and it's funny. And he's got a great but, ass. That, and that, it's, yeah. you forget that it's funny. Like yeah. when you see it, it's not him, it's not, him yeah, yelling, it's, being angry. It's him kind of performing for his mate. Right. Wow, he's got that big ass. And she's you got know. a great ass. But you I actually forget that, that when you see like the masterclass of you know, the famous diner scene of, yeah, yeah. you know, just them, the way they they kind of mirror each very other, the subtle. way they move and it's, mm. it's very gentle. Yeah. It's a very gentle scene. Um, oh, yeah, so, you, so, so I, you're watching The Godfather and going, what yeah, is I'm like, happening when is, here? Because then in, obviously in Scarface he's pretty nutso. Right, and, and that's an heightened. operatic film. Yeah. Like that's an, yes, that, That's what that is, you know. Completely different. And so just seeing him... Barely speaking, like he barely speaks because yeah. he's he's a mafia don. Like he's yeah. that's he's very quiet. He's yeah. just like his father, very subdued. Especially in Godfather Two, I don't. I'm halfway through. I think he said two words by now. Like so restrained, so nuanced, so subtle. Uh, I'm just seeing a whole new side of Pacino. Well, yeah, uh, I'm I have, sure he's 
so happy about it too. Yeah, yeah, we'll get in touch with him. But yeah. the, uh, there's, I have a theory on method actors. Mm. So method acting is you draw on your experiences for every role that you take on. And I think method actors, when they're young, don't have much experience. Mm. So they're minimalists. Ah, yeah. When ah, they get yeah. older, they're full of experiences. So they bring – sometimes they can bring too much. More levels. To a role. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, and then also uh, – Pacino in the 80s went off and he loved theatre. So, he was off doing theatre for a long time. So, by the time he comes back, he brings a bit of theatre with him. So, uh, I feel like like out of every method actor, I feel like Meryl Streep's the only one who can dial it down. And and that's why I think Mm. she's the best actor of men and women. Fuck yeah. But, you know, all all of the men just kind of bring on just a little bit too much. Yeah. You know. But, uh like he's terrifying, you know. He's like so when, terrifying. Yeah, it's more terrifying. Yeah. than aggression. Yeah. So did you hear that? The did you read any of the behind the scenes stuff where they said they didn't want to uh, the uh, uh, whoever produced the film? I can't think off the top of my head. They didn't want to bring in Pacino mm. and uh, Francis Ford Coppola's wife said you have to have Pacino because right. he yeah. undresses you with his eyes, <laughs> and she and he kept editing him in. And he was about to be fired because they thought he wasn't doing anything Whoa. in the movie. And the scene that saved him was when he shoots Salozzo. Wow. And when they saw him sitting there and you just see everything in his eyes as the train is pulling up. That scene is incredible. Incredible, right? Like, it's gonna, I'm, I don't have the language a lot of the time. So this is going to sound so basic. But that was, it felt real. Yes. I was like, this feels fucking real. Yes. This doesn't feel like I'm watching a movie. It feels like yes. I'm in this room and I'm terrified. Well, if and it's I'm about to have a panic attack. Yes. Well, if it's any consolation, I've seen this movie heaps of times and when he goes to get the gun <gasps> and it's not quite where it's meant <gasps> to be, I still panic. Isn't that weird? I'm sweating now to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. But this is so surprising. I really did not expect to like this. Oh, great. This much well, that's great. All. Yeah. And uh, and then by the time we, we, we can move on because I know you've got some movies you want to discuss, but I'm so excited that you enjoyed The Godfather. Mm. And then how good is the ending and that moment with the uh, uh, Michael with Corleone? Do you reject Satan? And, and then you're just seeing all these people getting yeah. assassinated and <laughs> and and him saying yes, I do. And it's like, what yes, is yes, happening? Do. Yes, I do. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I loved the the and and Diane Keaton. Didn't, I didn't know she, we didn't know she was in oh, great. this film. And these she films. gets the final scene. You and know? she gets that great final scene of the door closing. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my God, she doesn't know what's going on. And yeah. she's going to realise what's going on. Yeah. She's great too. Oh, good. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm very excited for you. I'm it was a relief. It's always yes. a relief when we do actually like these big, the big ones. The ones that have been talked up too much. Yeah, yeah. because one, we don't want to be trolled online, um, <laughs> which does happen. And two, it is just a relief to be like, oh, cool, we agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. We, we agree with you all. You're all correct. No, Moving on. You, weirdly, none of you have talked it up too much. And yeah. that is a movie that you can see why, and it's 50 years old, you know. Which is crazy. Colours, the, the way it's shot. Mm. Uh, James Kahn is still, you know, compelling. Oh. Robert Duvall. Well, both of those guys, like, have they aged? Uh, like, I picked, <laughs> yeah, like, right. everyone else in it. It actually took me a while to recognise Pacino. Right. I didn't realise so it was young. him at, at the wedding when he's in his uh, soldier's uniform. Um, I didn't realise it was him until the next scene he was in. Right. Um, 
But James Caan and Robert Duvall, I'm like, oh, my God, you guys look exactly the same. Like, it's pretty terrifying. Crazy. Uh, great. Well, what else have you been seeing okay. recently? What I, else? I, by the way, I, I have no idea, uh, for everyone listening, I have no idea what movies have taken you by surprise. Mm. And uh, you're just hitting me with them now. Yes. Like you just did with The Godfather. Oh, should I? Should I, Maybe I should brief you beforehand. So no, you no, 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 no. This is fun. Time. But you're it, a movie guy. It's all right at the top of the noggin for you. Maybe. And maybe. then, But also it might be a movie I haven't seen, which is exciting as well. Have you seen a movie called Speed? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. I, re- I rewatched that in lockdown one. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, fucking love Speed. I think yeah. it might be both mine and Beck's favourite movie that we've ever done on the podcast. Oh, great, great. It was life-changing. Yeah. And, d- again, did not expect it to be. Thought it was just going to be a boring action movie with lots of car chase scenes. Right. I love Fast and Furious. Right. Apologies to any FNF fans. Yeah. But it was like... Okay, I don't even know. Like, mainly the amazing thing about it was the chemistry and dynamic between Keanu and Sandra. Unbelievable. I just, and they're barely looking at each other. Cause yes. Because they're always looking forward. They're always looking forward. But like, that's incredible. I just, it's like, they're like that couple, and I know I'm not the first to say this by any means, but they are that couple that you're like, I wish they ended up together in real life. <laughs> right, yeah. I just, I think the world would be a better place. Well, they, they seem to be, mm. as Keanu appears to be with virtually every woman he's appeared in a movie with. Well, that's all, true. He seems to be good friends with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I just love him so much. Yeah, no, I understand that. I totally love Keanu. He's our beacon of shining light. Yeah, it was like, um, that was the great thing about John Wick was uh, it was just a reminder. Hey, mm. I think you've forgotten that you love Keanu Reeves. And it was like, you're right. oh, thank you. Yes. I do love Keanu. And because like we know we do because yeah. of speeds and the matrixes yeah. and all that. But it was it, John Wick was an excellent reminder. Yeah. So happy he's like come back into yeah the love of the world and crazy handsome so handsome and she's so beautiful yeah. and like I love the way that they wrote her character she's yeah. witty she's got it together she's yeah. not just some damsel in distress yeah I mean she's like amazing obviously because she drives the bus yeah but even before that just like when the guy was hitting on her and she decides to put like um pretend like get chewing gum on the seat so she yeah. can get away from him yeah. and. Uh, oh my god! I'm just realizing who that guy was. That's uh, what's his name? Connor from? Roy from Succession. Is it? Oh, hang on. Keep talking, uh, and I'll it, look it up. That's this. This is this is usually what we do on our podcast. Sorry um, <laughs> to interrupt. You're good. Because <laughs> um, we also just watched, which is another one, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which I also loved. I'd never seen that before, and he's in that. Um, I think it's the same guy. That would be awesome if it is. Uh, but yeah, and just like she's so funny and and witty, and there are moments where she says funny things, and you can tell, and they've written this, and I love that they wrote it this way. It takes Keanu's character by surprise that oh, she's funny, and yeah. they've got banter, and yeah. I just loved that. I'm like, yes, yeah, Alan Ruck, Alan Ruck, yeah, that yeah. is him. Yeah, I haven't said I have. I have avoided Succession for oh. no other reason other than okay. it looks like it'll be heaps of fun and I've just been watching too much yep. of late and I just haven't had space for it. Fair enough. I Can feel like I will get to it though. Just on the on the Succession note, I started it like a year ago Yeah. and could, after the ep- episode one I couldn't keep watching because it was too stressful and it was too much just about like wealth and I, I just couldn't watch so much wealth and people being assholes around their wealth. That's interesting. I yeah. You are in one of the two camps of people I oh. know who have watched Succession. Well, that was my, that was my initial right. um, 
impression. Yeah. And then it took me a year to of my boyfriend pestering me to get back to, to keep it. going because yeah. he really wanted to keep watching. And finally, I got back into it. And I think I was just maybe in a more financially secure place or something because I really enjoyed it after right. that. You know, sometimes you know something's quality, but you're not... Ready for it. Not ready for it. Yeah. Or it's just, nah, not today. Yeah. It took, literally took me a year before I was ready to go back in and watch. And yeah, that for the first episode, like this, this is something terrible happens. Is if anyone's seen it, the baseball game and um, Kieran Culkin's reaction to it uh, was just very stressful and very gross and disgusting. But yeah, once you get into it. Once you get into it. Yeah. It gets way better. Um, also uh, in Speed is uh, one of my favourite actors in Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. So good. Yeah. Jeff Daniels is like... He's great in that. He And he's secretly one of those guys that is like a glue guy. Like, mm-hmm. like you put him... He can be this character in yeah. Speed or he can be opposite Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Well, that's all I know him or from. He can, right. Is Dumb and Dumber. Right. I know he's got... This plethora yeah. of dramatic roles behind him. I've just never seen anything of them. Yeah, and um, and yeah, this was like kind of half and half. It was a it was a dramatic role. It wasn't in any way a comedy role, but he was still funny, and he was really still funny. Harry. Yeah, no, he's great. Yeah. Um, what a what a good cast, and Dennis Hopper is fantastic he's as great an unhinged. Too. Also, kind of. Like a, a good villain, yeah. Like that's yeah, great villain. We were talking about that a lot. Like, just one of those. You don't need to know too much about his backstory. You don't need to. You know, you just. He's just a good villain. Yeah. He's just, he's evil. He's got a clear cut motive and goal, and he's foiled. Yes, he kind of. Um, he kind of uh, has a point. Like, mm-hmm. a good villain, you might not agree with them, but yeah. you, you get where they're coming from. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things that uh, makes a um, makes a difference. There is a... I can't quite remember it, but I think there is a... a f- you know, back in, back in the 90s, there was this... Ever since there's that moment where... Uh, I forget which movie it is, but Quentin Tarantino does the... There's a very Tarantino-esque mm-hmm. breakdown of the film where, you know, how mm-hmm. he talks about Top Gun being about being accepted as a gay man and it's yep. about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I yeah, think yeah. there's a uh, – people listening might know uh, off the top of their heads. I can't think of it, but it's a, about um, – you can watch it as a metaphor for human progress. Speed? <laughs> yeah, something oh, like that. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, I, I can't find it at the moment. I don't want to uh, be wasting your time Why? looking, looking that look up. Why just look at but it for a, as a metaphor for just being fucking awesome, awesome horniness. <laughs> it's that scene where they slide. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they slide out of the bus on that board. Yeah. while they're embraced. Yeah. and skirt along the tarmac. Oh my god, it's really well done. That should be illegal. And Sandra Bullock is incredible. Incredible. She? She's a she's a really good movie star. Yeah, you know, great movie star. Um, all right, that's a nice surprise. So that's speed. speed. All right. um, what, what else, else do you have? Oh, Legends of the Fall surprised me ah, pleasantly. Have you okay. seen that movie? I have only ever seen that once, mm-hmm. and it was a long time ago. Okay, so you'll have to. Update I mean, me on that one. It's. I think. Oh God! I, I just looked up. I saw it when it came out, and that is. Oh wow! Nineteen ninety-four. Okay, so cool. That is. Suddenly, so longer than I realized. I'm sure you will remember Beautiful Brad. Yeah. Well, you cannot. Um, you cannot forget. forget Beautiful Brad. Because this was, I think, the first Beautiful Brad role. Because before this, he'd only been in a panned movie. It was like interviews with a vampire. 
was the only other role he'd had before this, I think. Uh, he'd had other roles oh, had before he? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, Thelma and Louise might have been before that. Yeah, uh, Thelma and Louise is his first uh, that was his movie. First. And, uh, you know, we already... You've heard the story about who was up for that role? No. George Clooney was up for that role, a young George Clooney. Really? And uh, when he went and saw the film and he saw Brad Pitt, he was sitting, he, he tells the story that he was sitting in the cinema and just went, yep, no, they got the right they guy. Got it. Yeah. That's That's how you do it. Wow, there really is. There was like four guys back then, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, everyone's breaking through at the same time. At the same you know, time. You, it's so funny. Like, you know, Matt Damon's going about. up against Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and, and uh, Edward Norton. Wow. You know, but but you know that there were other actors, but of they course. just didn't make it. But they're the ones, and, yeah. they, and then they, it's just so funny as well that all of these guys have stuck through and they've collaborated so much on films. Yeah, like yeah. Brad Pitt and George Clooney are just like best mates. Just pals. So There just, was a time that they were coming up. That's so weird. So so funny. Uh, you know, good that they're all friends as well. I prefer that. Yeah, uh, me but too. He was, so he does Thelma and Louise in 91. Okay. Uh, then he's in uh, a... a um, Kind of an indie movie called Johnny Suede. He's in Contact. He's in A River Runs Through It, where he's quite. Uh, that's I've, I haven't seen that for a while, but I remember that was the movie that I saw that I went, oh, I like this guy. Ah. Um, then he's in California and he's unrecognizable opposite mm. David Duchovny and uh, with Juliette Lewis. He appears yeah. in True Romance as one of the great. Small characters of all time, where he plays Brad Pitt, a, a small character that doesn't he, make sense. Yeah, he plays a stoner. Brad Pitt's one of the great cameo actors who you wow. don't you don't expect. Yeah, and then suddenly, like you know, like one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in a movie is when you realise the invisible guy from Deadpool Two is Brad Pitt, <laughs> and you only see him for three seconds. Um, really? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. That's then funny. you get Interview with the Vampire, yeah. which is like kind of does all right, but there's okay. this big. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Backlash because uh, Anne Rice initially comes out, the author of the book, and says, what the fuck is going on with Tom Cruise? That is not... Oh. And she re- redacted that. Uh, what, as in like his portrayal of the character? Yeah, just just wrong. Just wrong <gasps> for the character. I bet Lee Child did that when he played Jack Reacher as well. Right. Because that was a yeah, terrible Jack Reacher. Are you kidding me? Yeah, anyway. like way... like He's meant to be six foot six and a towering behemoth of a man. Made out of granite. Yes. Not made out of plastic. So Legends of the Fall comes out at the same same year as Interview with the Vampire. And then the next year, oh, okay, Brad Pitt hits us twice with two movies. Seven and Twelve Monkeys, of which Ooh. he gets nominated for Best Supporting Actor. For and then he's Monkeys. off. He's and, off. And then, then shit is kicking in. Yeah. So, uh, so you enjoyed Legends of the Fall? I did. It was yeah. very. Uh, I loved 
Anthony Hopkins, yep. seeing him in that role, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I could just watch him doing anything. He's that kind of actor, he isn't he? He just is. Even his like crazy Instagram videos, I could watch those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just talk at me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just really, I really liked it. it. It was very different to what I expected. It surprised me. I didn't realize it was going to be such an involved, uh, like the love storyline and with yep. that one girl who just loves this entire family so much that she buries all of them at yeah. different points in her life. Yeah. And yeah, and it was like tragic and heart-wrenching and yeah, it just really, it took me by surprise big time. Yeah, great. Uh, that's uh, Julia Ormond as, uh, mm. as Susanna and she is, once again, that's a hard role. Yeah, really hard role. That yeah. that role goes through a journey. Yeah. She starts as this like, yeah, that's like such a journey overall. Like yeah. she's just an innocent girl getting off a train yeah. at the beginning and by the end she's, sorry, spoilers, killing herself. Like right, it's, yeah. 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 Really hard role. Oh, what a good, what a good one. I have mm. not, uh, what that you've, you've um, I have not watched that movie in a long time. Mm. He is crazy handsome in it, so isn't he? So handsome. Like, he's Jesus got the long Christ. hair and he's always riding on horseback. Horses. I mean, you can't put Brad Pitt on a horseback. That should be illegal as well. With especially with long hair, just with long hair and like him. and billowing linen yeah. shirts. Yeah, it's too much. Rude. It's too much. So, look, a lot of my <laughs> a lot of my recommendations are heavily tied to how horny the movie made me. Yeah, feel. nothing wrong with that. Um, well, well, I I had a so Adam Richard and I went and saw the Batman on uh, Ooh, Tuesday. We're night. We're doing that next week. Yep, I won't uh, say anything, mm-hmm. but it's um it's funny I. I said something that I've probably not said on a podcast in a long time, which was that I, Zoe Kravitz was unbelievably sexy. Cool. And you know when you're like, like you know, in this present climate, sure. I feel like I've got enough runs on the board that people know. <laughs> you know, someone's sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it <laughs> was like, <laughs> like just about every scene was like, this is too much. Damn. This is too much. Yeah, it's like, this is rude. Yeah. At some points. Yeah. You make me feel these things. Yeah. I don't want to feel this. this. Yeah. (laughs) I've given up on that stuff. And I'm I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing to me, Zoe? Yeah. So that's, that's. That was Brad in this in yeah. this film. No, I get that. Um, okay, well, moving on to not a horny film, but one that just I just fucking loved, and I will definitely watch it again soon. Have you seen Snowpiercer? Oh, Snowpiercer! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa! Yeah. What a surprise. Right. I'd never heard of it. Yep. I had no idea what it was about. How, how did you get onto that one? Someone recommended it or requested yep. that we did it. A listener. Yeah. And. Uh, I'd seen Parasite already, so I was already a big fan of the director. <laughs> yeah. Purely because of Parasite. So, man. I just was like, I, so I had no idea what it was even about. So, right. as, and this is what's fun about this podcast is that a lot of the time these are big movies that people love, but we haven't even heard of them. So, right. watching it, even though it's a few years old or whatever, by this stage, literally watching it f- with just complete blank. Yep preconceptions and yeah. it just ended up being such a it's just my my kind of movie right just like yeah. bit thrillery yeah. bit horror scary but like a really fucking interesting storyline behind it yeah and you know like um parasite a statement on class yeah. and yeah class you know, like i just is so about so much of classism talk and i was not expecting that not expecting that yeah from a chris evans movie <laughs> yeah chris evans is he's great he is there's not many roles for the Chris Evans types anymore. Mm. Like he's kind of um, thank God for Marvel. What else would he be? Well, up to? It's, it's, it's it's a bummer, isn't it? That like yeah. Cap, like 
like Captain America shouldn't be like he should be like the good cop mm-hmm. in, a, in a cop movie. Mm-hmm. Like he should be the guy yeah, that yeah, I can see that for him. he should be the good detective. He should be mm. the good doctor. Like he should be the person yeah. that has uh, a through line in morals mm. that he has to question. That's that's the kind of actor he is. Interesting. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's. Cap- like well, not unfortunately, but it, it's like Captain America should be the blockbuster version, and we should yeah. be seeing all these great, you know. Does I don't know much about him. Does he have any, many roles in not Captain America? As in, <laughs> <laughs> in his like career, has he got like he's? Uh, I, I think he's uh, really good in Knives Out, uh, oh, which I is seen that. Um, but you know, less less of an, you know. Uh, anyway, I'll just say that he's he's good in Knives Out. Okay. Uh, Gifted is a really small movie. Maybe, you know, maybe a little bit... Like, it's soft. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a soft, gentle film and maybe a little bit formulaic. But he's really compelling in it. Yeah, and right. he made that in 2017. So, if you like... If you like him, I think uh, that's one that's worthwhile seeing. But, you know, a lot of the films are... You know, there's a lot of films that are just kind of a little bit too big budget and yeah. not quite. Like he's in Sunshine. That's a pretty good sci-fi film. Uh, but yeah, where's where's the grounded That's performance? A, yeah, and I really enjoyed also because in Snowpiercer, his character has nothing to do with his physique. Yes, you know, right, it, right. Like it, it really, it could he could have been a teeny tiny person yep. and he could have still like played this role. Like yep. there were moments where his strength came, like it was yeah. helpful, but it wasn't like a Captain America. Like I didn't see him, his bicep while he was holding onto a helicopter kind yeah. of thing. Like it was purely about the storyline and the yeah. character and the nuance behind his decisions and yeah. like the fucking line about how he's like, he knows what the babies taste best and he hates that now. Right. Like that, like, oh, I just wasn't expecting that from this movie. Right. And right. I've also really loved that because I'm, I'm, I'm socially aware, politically aware, but I'm not crazy. Like I'm not super um, knowledgeable on intricate stuff regarding world politics and stuff um so it was actually like a really nice way to be like okay here's a movie about classism about overpopulation literally scaled down to the size of a train it's like classism for dummies kind of thing right and it was just made it palatable and also with these movies that i've the reason i haven't watched a lot of them is because i feel like intimidated by them i'm like i don't know if i'm going to be smart enough to get it because they've been like built up so much more often than not I do get them and yeah. it's, I don't know why I was intimidated all this time, but this is just a, one of those ones where like, it didn't make me feel dumb. Yeah. It was just like explaining stuff to me and yeah. I got it and it was really a relief. That's a really interesting thing uh, that you bring up, which is uh, there's, once again, we, we talk a lot on this podcast about the lack of nuance and conversations about things. And mm-hmm. it's like you, it's either people not, liking something and dismissing it or it's people being angry that people uh, don't get it and these are all the reasons why. And mm. there, there has to be a middle ground. Of, mm. uh, so, you know... Definitely, there has to be a middle ground. There has to be a middle ground. Mm. And because, you know, it's... And it's the same with 
It's the same with language about anything. If you're constantly talking at people and you're pushing them away, mm. that's how you radicalise them in, yeah. in important ways and in dumb ways of not liking movies, you know? And well, it's, look, we were radicalised and that's why we made a podcast because yeah. we, were, <laughs> yeah. we felt so pushed, like so too pushed. Uh, but also intimidated, intimidated is a very interesting not. word Oh, to that use. was like the main thing. Yeah. The, the main reason I never watched, didn't watch all these massive movies because yeah. I was literally intimidated by them. Yeah. Thinking I would just be sitting there not getting it or not having the same experience that other people had. Yeah. And then I would feel dumb. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But then there's been a weaponization of people feeling dumb. Do you know what I mean? That's and, true. And, and that's true. Well, internet, yeah, that's why it has to be a middle ground. It has to be there's the middle ground. There's both extremes, yeah. definitely. What was the movie that you think made you start to feel like you were uh like was there a movie or was there a series of movies that you started to feel like hey maybe i don't need to feel intimidated i I can go in because because i you know there definitely is i can't remember what it was i will find out though but yeah there definitely i do remember there was one very early on wasn't the paul newman what was that what was that movie that you brought up was was that i loved that movie um hud wasn't it the one where he's in prison. Oh, Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. Even, yeah, way before that. Yeah. Because um, that's a really interesting thing. And I think a lot of people do feel that. I think even the people that lash out at, you know, yeah. those kinds of movies. Well, it's uh, a defense mechanism, right? Yeah. And I feel that way about music as well. Yes. Um, very much so about music. But it uh, would have been, yeah, uh, let me see. Oh, Fast and the Furious. That's no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of people who. High Fidelity. Sorry. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You get, well, you, no, I no, no. What were you going to say? Well, High Fidelity, I'd always been very intimidated by that movie because I'm like, it's indie, it's cool. He talks about music and records, and I'm just not going to get it. And everyone who loves it fucking loves it. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, it's just a, it's just a rom com. With a toxic guy at the helm. Like yeah. That's, there was nothing more to it than that. But I built it up in my head to be this massive right. cult classic that I'm not just not too not cool enough to understand. And that's one of those movies where, like, I, I love High Fidelity, but sometimes the way people talk about it, it's like, hang on a sec, are you, like, this guy's awful. And, you mm, know, and... We've had many discussions and around And that's this. actually... What I love about it is he's awful and he keeps discovering well, that he's awful. That's another thing that we had we had troubles with that because I didn't know we didn't know that he's meant to be awful. Right, yeah. So watching this, I thought he was the hero of the film. Right. So I watched the entirety of High Fidelity thinking he's the hero because I don't think for on a first watch, uh, it wasn't the writers or direction or whatever, it wasn't obvious enough that he is meant to be awful and that they know that he's awful. Yes. Apparently the book is much better at uh, displaying that. Yeah, I, I think I think people talk about it poorly. So that's yeah. why so yeah, you're bringing yeah. that to the yeah. Definitely. to the to the movie. Yeah, people are just like it's so fucking sick it's the sickest movie, but if I so therefore I just assumed yeah. well does everyone love John Cusack's character cuz that's fucking nuts cuz he's psycho. No, every John Cusack brings uh, like a levels to it like you yeah, know there yeah. are there are levels to him you know like even at the end like one of the most i say disappointing moments in the movie which is great and it's mm. but uh is when he kind of gets the crush on the little journo 
and mm-hmm. his and yeah, there's just this that moment and nothing happens and his oh, partner right. calls yeah, him yeah. out on it and yes you know and then he kind of realizes that he's you know he's uh, going back to bad habits mm. and that like, that's actually a moment of progression mm. but it's it's such a disappointing moment in the film right. where you're going fuck man that's you it. have been through all of this mm. and and it, it's a clever film in that. It's nuanced because he he is at times kind of cool, and sometimes he is kind of charming, and sometimes he's a fucking asshole, yeah. and sometimes he's he's really fucking cruel to Jack Black, you know. Oh, and Jack Black, that he is the star, <laughs> he is the hero of that movie, like you know. Oh. But there, but Jack Black's awful, you know. When he yeah. has to go, like it's, you know. But it's uh, it's that kind of culture. Uh, you know what I think is also harder with that film mm. now that we're talking about it is back before the internet, you knew people like that. But yeah. <laughs> after the internet, you didn't realise how many people were like that. That's true. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I only just thought about that then. So back that's then really it was like I was thinking of like he reminded me of guys that ran comic shops. Yeah. Of, of which I knew one. One, yeah. You know, I knew of – I had a couple of friends who, you know – Oh, everyone's getting into this. Well, I like they might be giants. Yeah, you know, so you're like, like oh, I know a guy. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah, know that no, I guy. Get it. Yeah, I'm in, it. I'm in it. I get it. Yeah, but you're right. Since the internet, you're like, oh, well, half the population. Oh is shit! <laughs> Fucking, there's heaps of them. This is a disaster. <laughs> oh, okay, that's that, that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, so high fidelity was the yeah. first one where I was like, oh, okay, I don't have to be intimidated. Yeah. Anymore, and and, and also, uh, you you can just like movies for. Com- Completely different reasons well, to other true, people. But like, we've backed ourselves into a corner where we have a podcast about them now, so we have to then yeah. talk about them yeah, and yeah. express opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that it, might be very wrong, but we know, don't know until people tell us. Yeah, like you know, like everyone on this podcast knows that I love Christopher Nolan. You know mm. what? I'm not going to a Christopher Nolan convention. I don't want to hang out with him. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling I'm enjoying his movies on. On my level. On your level, yes. And I don't need to be around those I other people. I don't need to be around the other levels. <laughs> fucking Dark Knight's sick, mate. So I do <laughs> think it's sick, but probably... We don't need to have a convention about it. Yeah, why am I here? <laughs> this is a disaster. Anyway. Uh, did you like Tilda Swinton in uh, Oh, yeah, Snow she Pearson? was another... She was in, uh, like fucking standout. That yeah. was. I haven't seen her in a lot, but I recognised her. Like, I'm like, that's that weird looking lady. There's, uh, there's an interesting film that she made... Uh, I'm always, so if I like a vampire film, it's it's kind of because I'm over vampire films. Okay, uh, but it, but I'm never like I'm not one of those people who then says, um, like I never cut out a genre. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like oh, just yeah, yeah. It's no, like, it's oh, do I need to see another vampire film? And then if I see a good one, then I go, oh my god, I'll it's see like another vampire film. there's the uh, the the European film Let the Right One In, mm. which is a film that. Um, Back when I was reviewing, there was nothing out and that was the only one out. I was like, oh, a fucking vampire film. I went and saw it and I went, oh, my God, that was amazing. It's like cool. one of the best films I saw that year. Oh, wow. And uh, another one that you might enjoy just because it's a, a different look at her mm. uh, is um, Only Lovers Left Alive with uh, Tom Hiddleston. Okay. And, and John Hurt is also in that and the Australian actress uh, Mia Wasikowski. So, um, mm. anyway, if you, if you like Tilda Swinton and you – want to get a, another yeah. little taste of her. She's such a fascinating actor. She's fascinating. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. She was such a standout in that. And the movie that she won, uh, best, you don't mind me suggesting things no. for down the track, uh, another film that is criminally underrated, 
which I also watched during lockdown, uh, which has Tilda Swinton in it, mm. is the George Clooney movie Michael Clayton, which is mm. – he's a fixer. He has to go around fixing things and for companies and oh. and something goes wrong. And if you like – anyway, the reason I bring it up, Tilda that Swinton won uh, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in it and she oh, is – there's a scene in particular where she's having a panic attack that is – Inc- like I know it's a weird thing to say It's an incredible scene And you can <laughs> see it for this moment But it's such a masterclass in acting Because it's, wow. it's Like you, you can feel it As it's happening kind of thing But cool. that's, um, that's an underrated film Is she in it Is she like a character Or is she a regular Joe person? She's in charge of the company Okay But it's not like Snowpiercer Tilda Swinton Where she's like a crazy character no 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 okay. that's no that's why i brought it up yeah, because it's really I'd love to see that it's it's the real world it's a real world thriller right. okay and these people all are deeply flawed and mm. her and Clooney. it's what's that called fantastic. again uh michael clayton all right i'm gonna write that down yeah uh so uh, and if anyone hasn't seen it it is such a such a worthwhile film to watch and, yeah, cool. uh, as someone who was a fan of the movie and then re- once again re-watching it going why am I not watching this once a year? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love those ones. Yeah. I mean, I don't have them very often because my main back catalogue is Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura. But <laughs> sometimes I'll watch them like, why am I watching this every year? Yeah, exactly. Ace Ventura too, not the first one. Yeah, no, of course. Goes without uh, saying. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, and we recently did The Exorcist and that really surprised me. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, in the way that. I, again, had prejudice against it because it's from the 70s. I I don't mean like the 70s specifically, where it's a terrible decade. It sounds like you're racist towards the 70s. Yeah, look, okay, the 70s. We can be done with them, I think. No, like anything pre-1980, just in terms of look, feel, sound, it just always like, it takes a bit more for me to enjoy it. Um, But, and, and I love horror movies and I love thrillers. I love being scared. And so I just had a prejudice against The Exorcist. It was going to be real basic and like baby's first horror movie kind of thing. But holy shit, it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. And it's anything but basic. It is so not basic. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I I really had no idea. It's a slow burn. What the fuck is that? How would it, how did that even get made? You know, that terrified, like that was a. Big, big I've movie and terrified people. Like my mum saw it and I really? was um, I was pretty like, hang on, when did it come out? Um, like 72, I think? Yeah, so I mum saw it and I was a baby and uh, it terrified – and mum is not uh, <laughs> 73. So I was – mum has told me that after she saw it, she slept with the light on for three weeks. <gasps> mum is not – Spooky inclined yeah. or yeah. religious or anything like that. Wow. And she has said to me that if my eyes had turned green, she just would have turned around and said to my grandfather, he is now yours. And she would have packed her bags and she would have just left. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that aspect of fear from this film of like, what if my kid becomes possessed? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been huge too. Yeah. There's because my- this would have been like the first on screen proper scary portrayal of an of a possession and stuff. Uh, I mean, now we've seen like a million of them. Yeah. Back but then it, it would have been like, what can happen? Well, it's such a slow burn as well. So you, you, it feels like the world, it's a real world. It's yeah. not a, it's like a lot of these horror films are like, here's two minutes of where it's happening. Oh, slasher moment. Oh, quick, we've got to get to it. Or it's to like, it. here's the family yeah. for the for one scene. Look, yeah. they're normal. Now chaos ensues. Yeah. Whereas this is just this. We don't get the first 
first possession act, which is where she pees herself at the party until yeah. an hour into the film. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, when you go back and you watch all of these, you know, funnily enough, 70s films, you suddenly realise yeah. they take their time just building all these characters and building these worlds. That's interesting. Maybe that's why I had a prejudice because when I was younger and not, you know, caring as much about stuff, yeah. maybe I got bored by a couple of yeah. movies and didn't come back. Yeah, taxi driver, everything's a mm. everything's a slow burn and you're immersed in that world and it works so well for the exorcist. Oh. The like you need all those scenes with the priest and his mother. So when the mm. demon is, oh, why did you leave me? <gasps> oh my you can God. it feels horrifying and yeah. you can understand why he snaps. Why he snaps. Can I tell you my favorite scene? Please. It's one of my favorite scenes in any movie. <gasps> so, you know when uh, Max von Sydow kicks him out because he's been overcome with emotion mm-hmm. and he's sent downstairs and mm. the mum comes into the room and says, uh, is my little girl going to die? And he's so racked with guilt because he's and about his mother and he's so racked with mm. guilt about how he's just acted and he feels useless and he can't do anything. And when the mother says, is my little girl going to die? He looks at her and says no. And then the very next scene is him walking up white stairs and it is not just him returning to the demon, it's him ascending back into his faith up the white stairs, but you also know that he has to die because this is his ascension into heaven. Ooh. And it's such a I like that. beautiful moment. I didn't clock that, but that's yeah, I, I like you that know, a like lot. I've, I've seen it stacked. That's a two or third watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revelation. I'm not saying I picked it up <laughs> on the first time, but it's uh, – but I – so I'd watched that on – uh, video back in the day and mm-hmm. then when I was at the cinema my friend and I went and saw it and mm-hmm. my friend who w- was uh, a lapsed Catholic when all the uh, Catholic stuff was being read out of the you oh, know yeah. the Bible uh, he was speaking it at the same time and Whoa. it fucking freaked me out ah! and he, he did not realise he'd done it whoa yeah. okay yeah Catholicism, my lord. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that gets in the head, doesn't Jesus, it? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. But um, like also some of the like you know you talk about modern movies going you know modern movies will give you all sorts of violence, but how so, disturbing is a little so girl? I don't know how this got made. Like, how did this get made? Like, like Linda where, Blair is phenomenal. Oh my gosh, someone needs to make sure she's okay now because the stuff she like the stuff she had to say because oh, she's yeah. even though it was dubbed with a voice actor, yeah. she still spoke those lines yeah. on set. So she, you know, so the like the masturbating with the crucifix yeah. and fuck me, lick me and stuff. I'm like, oh. like you couldn't make that. I don't think they would make that today. Like I just, I think they'd be so much around it. Yeah, and, you know, like psychologically, yeah, protecting the child and I don't know, but yeah. Fuck, it was insane. It was intense. Yeah. And the priest guy, what's his name? You said it before. Max von Sydow. Gorgeous. I yeah. had a very unexpected crush on him yeah. throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Beautiful, like, like haunting eyes. Oh, yeah. Mm. There's an Ingmar Bergman movie called uh, The Seventh Seal, which mm-hmm. uh, where uh, a knight ends up. Essentially, it's uh, set during the plague and it's a knight returning home and he uh, is challenged by death to a game of chess for his life. Uh-huh. And uh, but that's a young Max von Sydow. Oh, if you really? want to see him in his in his beautiful youth, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they they would be my main like surprise. Um, these films surprised me. I didn't expect to like them. Yeah, great. Uh, since we last spoke, wow, yeah. good films. Do you? Uh, are, would you? Are any of those like favorites of yours? 
I do love The Exorcist. Cool. Yeah, like I'm not really a horror guy. I'm a okay. bit of a wimp, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, right, okay. I watched uh, Hereditary uh, <gasps> here by myself during the day and just had such awful sleeping patterns that for the was, next few nights. That was, I love getting scared right. by movies. I've never been into I've, – I've decided it's because I've never been into like roller coasters or yeah. like physical adrenaline yeah. situations, like extreme sports or anything. Yeah. My adrenaline is like – watching Scream yeah. as a 14-year-old. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, no. That makes a lot more sense. It's a lot safer. It's the, it's the only time I've ever uh, – the only time in the last few years that I've thought, God, it would be nice to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm not possessed. You're yeah. not possessed. No, We're no, this okay. Is good. This is good. Just good to have someone just there. To, just, just touch reality for yep. a second. <laughs> yep. A lot of waking up by yourself in the – like a lot of like sudden – Waking up at like yeah. four in the morning and just going, ah, oh, <laughs> ah, nah, 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 I'm a grown up, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I'll just read for two hours. Two hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just scroll Twitter for two hours. That's what I do. Yeah, almost like clockwork at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. every morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love these uh, podcasts with you. I love you coming oh, on yeah, and talking about these here. films. They're so much fun. Now, uh, I know you've got to go, but before you do, you have shows coming up. Yes. And, uh, Tell me about what your new stand-up show is about. Um, okay, well, and what it's, the title is, and it's everything. called Totally Fine If Not. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> that is such a perfect title I'll, for a show from you. Thank you, because uh, my show last year was called No Sorry You Go, yeah, and then this is Totally Fine If Not. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they're not companion pieces at all, but it's well, they're they're probably my dialogue, main thing. Aren't they? Yeah, like, they're yeah. dialogue from. Your, your, your shows are dialogue to your audience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this one is about uh, like I've, I've found in the last, especially since COVID where everything has become online, I find it really hard to be assertive online and like in emailing and stuff, I'm always use, doing all the faux pas, like apologizing when I don't need to, like minimizing myself, like saying everything's totally fine if not, even though it is in fact not. Totally fine if not. Yeah. So just kind of a, uh, the show's more like a like a discussion around that kind of stuff with yeah. like obviously jokes and funny stories and stuff. But yeah. it's it's uh, I've kind of coined it as like the non-assertive's guide to living online. So yeah, if you want it, around. if you want it, but you don't have to. It's totally fine if you don't. Um. <laughs> I get that though. Like it's uh, because of the uh, immediacy of mm. of uh, where we are with technology these days. I find myself apologising all the time, and mm. it's like sometimes something's happened, and then yeah. and then I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. You're like, well, well, no, 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 it's fine that I didn't get back to you. Yeah, it is absolutely fine. Like I've uh, I've actually just put a blanket statement on on uh, some of my sites of I'm just not replying to emails for March because it's been a, it's smart. been a really full on two months. That's very smart. It's nothing personal. I I can't I can't handle people writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got to look out for my mental health, like because I just feel like that has become a crutch for people who don't yeah. need it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like true. I know it's important for some people, mm. but some people, you know, do something bad and oh no, sorry, it's my mental health. It's and like, you no, go, no, no, that's you're, our thing. You're not yeah, allowed that. Yeah, you're being an asshole. You're just using a dick. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a fucking asshole. You're meant to be cupping shit, but um, so it's not for that. But it's just like it has been a. Full-on couple of months, we are – I don't know about you. You probably uh, – I, I guess you are way too young for this, but I've really found the old 80s anxieties of nuclear war have oh, propped up. I, I did I, miss the nuclear war anxieties. Yeah. I don't know that's very much a Gen X thing, but I've heard yeah. a lot about it. It's so funny because yeah. it's like it was gone 
for me. Like right. it was gone. Yeah. The fall of the bo- but you Berlin had it Wall. Back then? Oh, yeah. Like I was terrified. Oh, like right. I was honestly terrified. I've talked about this on the podcast. There was a, a Russian diplomat on, um, on 60 Minutes and, you know, the Australian journalist said, you know, they were talking about how all the places they've got targeted and they said, was Australia targeted? And it was like, yeah. Like, oh, okay. you know, like there's, there's bases in Australia that are targets because they help uh, the Americans, you know, give warnings about, uh, okay. you know, anything going on and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it was a, a genuine anxiety. And when the Berlin Wall came down and it was like, Oh, okay. all right. And then, you know, the early 2000s, of course. It's it like was like thanks, ter- Dave Hasselhoff. I think you missed the main person involved in the falling of the Berlin Wall. No, didn't David Hasselhoff sing? No, I think I think they At put the it back up. <laughs> David Bowie sang at the wall and sang "Heroes," and they they could hear the East Germans. Hang on, uh, the East, Ger- <laughs> East Germans were on the other side of the uh, of the wall, singing along. When, oh, when that's so here. beautiful. Hey, let me look up David. Hasselhoff. I mean, he probably he probably said like a quick five minute spot or something. No, no, no. You you are you have made um, like it's ringing a bell. Oh, David Hasselhoff. But but also Rocky, you know, beat was up Drago and that's actually what... Oh, of finished, course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah. We no, yeah. done Rocky for. He hovered in a bucket crane over a crowd of thousands who had gathered <laughs> to celebrate the collapse of the Berlin Wall. So, yeah, so... He had come there to sing his German pop hit, Looking for Freedom. Amazing. He, he was instrumental. No, no, you're right. It was David um, Hasselhoff. I take it all back. The, I had king, comple- the king himself. I had completely forgotten about <laughs> that. How old's David Hasselhoff? Ooh, I want to say seventy. Sixty nine. Oh. Um, so, but so you're saying have your that those those old, old like those feelings have started? To yeah, it's really Yikes. like you know, it's just a oh, it's a very specific sense of dread that I haven't had in a long time. Ugh. So, um, right. So I just went. You know what? There has been lots of things, not specifically directed at me, but lots of things going on around me, and mm-hmm. then this. And it was like, I just need to check out yeah, for a bit. That's very smart. Just need to check out and... I wish I could do that. Keep a focus on things. So, uh, you know, obsessed. it's hard though. Um, yeah, see, that sounds really hard. I, yeah. I would find it really hard to disconnect. Yeah, especially like, you know, I've got some lovely people that write to me on yeah. uh, online about stuff, but I just, you know, it's just, oh, just need to check out for a bit and, yeah. you know, build up. Lens. The armament. So, um, so yes, and being apologetic about stuff yeah. is using you know using the word just too much. I basically start every sentence in an email with the word just and stuff, and it's all like that's my anxiety and right. all that stuff. So the show is yeah, kind of talking about like that angle of yeah. anxiety of um, the online angle, which yeah. I've just found really interesting lately. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's that's my show. Great. And where can people see it? Uh, so I'm going to be in Melbourne. So anyone in Melbourne, please come along. Would love to have you there. Yeah. Uh, I'll be there from the 12th to the 24th of April at the Victoria Hotel at 6:15 p.m. and 5:15 p.m. on Sundays. Yep. And I will be in the Sydney Comedy Festival on the 12th, 14th, and 15th of May. And where's that? 8.15. I'll be at Factory Theatre. Factory. Yeah, great. Do you know which room you're in at uh, the Vic Hotel? 
the Vic, I'm in the Acacia room, the one oh, downstairs. Yeah. yeah, that's a Have good room. Have you done that before? Yeah, yeah. I saw you. Oh my gosh, I saw you at the Victoria Hotel many years ago before we did properly. Before I started comedy, before right. I even met you properly. Yeah. It was a room upstairs, though. I think you're. I, I was in. Uh, I've done the acacia. I've also done the up the. I've done the. I did the bar. The bar. A that's. Of years I think that's where row. I saw you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like the Vic Hotel. Yeah, I mean, I did some my extra shows. I did last year were at Vic at, yep. in the acacia room, and it was really, really fun. Yeah, great. Really cool room. Great. And uh, where can people? Where would you like people to go to buy tickets? Do you? Uh, do you have a site? Or? I have a site. but So, if you just go alexj.com slash Melbourne or slash Sydney, this tickets will come up, but also just the regular festival website. So, Sydney Comedy Festival or Melbourne Comedy go Festival. Go and check it out. Go and check it out. We'd That's love great. love to see you there. Yeah. Uh, go and check out Alex's show. And uh, thank you for coming on and sharing these movies with me. And, thank you and, so much for having me. You know... Uh, we don't have to do a podcast about it, but give me a buzz after you finish Godfather Part Two. Oh, I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll. I will finish that on Sunday. Yeah, we'll have an analog podcast, or what they used to call in the old days, a conversation. A conversation. I remember them. Yeah, they that were good, the weren't they? Time. All right, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you to Alex for being my guest this week. Make sure if you're in Melbourne or Sydney to check out her brand new stand-up show. Also, thank you to our Patreon supporter for the episode, Matt Draddy. I've changed my mind, Matt. I want us to do a double act and then we can call the show, Are You My Draddy? If anyone knows uh, my family life, that works on a couple of levels. So if you're up for it, let me know. Let's get that double act on the road. Remember, if you'd like to contribute to this podcast, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid. Or if money is tight, leave us a top review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also, if you would like uh, some extra reading material, some like short pieces, if you head over to bigsquidpod.com, uh, that will lead you to my website and you can find some uh, free blogs there. Uh, there's a whole lot of uh, dispatches from the Fury Road blog that is uh, I've gotten back up and running this year. It's been really fun getting back into writing week to week on, on topics and uh, I'm feeling creative actually. I'm going through a real creative burst and it's great. I just makes me so happy. So uh, if you would like to check those out, you can do so over there. Okay, let's finish with a quote from Gustave Flaubert and his novel Madame Bovary. I'd never read this line before, but I loved it so much I thought I would save it for this podcast. Human speech is like a cracked kettle on which we tap crude rhythms for bears to dance to while we long to make music that will melt the stars. Isn't that great? Until then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.